dangerously close. This episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. As I have said many times before, there are certain members of the wrestling community that have made unsavory comments about William Mitchell Audio. But it's time for me to get ahead of the story before it hits the national news. I was recruited out of my middle school wrestling team to join a brutal and unsanctioned underground wrestling league. And by the time I was 16, I had wrestled 30 men to death under my pseudonym, Doug the Amazon Python Cobra Bow Constrictor McFlurry. And I said that I would never wrestle again. But if any members of the wrestling community ever have a cow-handed thing to say about William Mitchell Audio, I'll say you're all hat and no cat. And I'll wrestle you, and I'll wrestle you hard! Go to williammitchellaudio.com. And we're rolling. <clears throat> My guest today is Ange Buxton. Ange Buxton, parentheses, parentheses, they, them, is a non-binary comedian and producer from Springfield, Massachusetts. This up-and-comer tells tales about being a public school teacher, life as a now-sober party animal, and the trans-masculine experience. They've previously lived and performed in Baltimore, Maryland, and Nashville, Tennessee. Though they can now be seen live in the Boston area, Ange hosts, dang, Zoom comedy and various mics around the Western Massachusetts area. Follow them on socials at Bucks underscore wild. Yeet, yeet. That, is nowhere, that is nowhere near the worst I've done at reading a bio. I've done so much worse. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> I feel like you could tell I was struggling in the beginning when I tried to say the word parentheses, <laughs> which I think I'm not even supposed to say. I was just like parentheses. Fuck. Forensic science. Forensic hey, science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Biology. Yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, just like re from reading your bio just now and something I learned just today. Did you know that today is uh, International Non-Binary Awareness Day? Get the fuck out. I, yeah, I didn't know that either. Which is crazy because we existed. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, I think it's, a, it's so it's, it's non-binary awareness week, but today is like non-binary non awareness day. I learned that a couple hours ago, which is so crazy because we didn't plan that as being like, because it was, a, you know, it's a subject that we were going to discuss a little bit, you know, like, cause it's in your comedy and or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, holy fucking shit. We accidentally scheduled this for today. <laughs> wow. Wow. And now I'm see, I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't aware we had a day. So now we, that's crazy. Everybody else is aware too. I think, that's I think it's a, a new, a newish day. Cause from what I could tell, cause I was going, I'll actually, I'll tell you all about it here in a second. But when I was trying to research it, like going back through like social media, it seems like it's been around for two years. This is like the second one, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. A little toddler. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, congrats. Uh, yeah, happy non-binary awareness day to everybody out there who wasn't aware. I guess uh, yeah. welcome aboard. We're going to learn some shit today. Oh, dude, this is the most educational podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> educational uh, as well as fuck. I'm, having, I'm drawing a blank. I'm just going to say what I had to say in the first place. So like yeah. I said, I, just a couple hours ago, I found out today is International Non-Binary Awareness Day. So, of course, like most Americans, the first thing I thought is that 
if I want to learn more about this, I need to find where all the memes are because memes are now my primary educational tool. So I search hashtag non-binary, but then I come out to find that the fucking Bitcoin and cryptocurrency shysters have practically hijacked the entire hashtag for crypto propaganda. So then I says, wait a minute. I says to myself, my guest today on the show is an educator and non-binary and also a comedian. So what do I even, what do I care? You know what? You cryptocurrency shysters, if you want to hashtag, if you want to hijack the hashtag, I don't need you. And no one that listens to this podcast needs you because we're going to learn. I hope. Uh, and do you mind if we kick off the episode with a little bit of uh, non-binary awareness education in honor of this holiday? Yeah, for sure. And I want to just say I'm not a spokesperson by any means. I also use memes as though they are textbooks. So <laughs> like, you know, I'm still figuring myself out. I still I'm still figuring this stuff out. Non-binary just happens to be a really good term to kind of cover, you know, like it it gave words to something that I didn't know could ever have words given to it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. As you a matter know? of fact, uh, I, I I had a question and that's I mean, you already par- partially answered it, but I guess to fully formulate it, yeah. the, que- the first question would be like, what does non-binary mean to you in your own personal experience? Not like what, you know, like you said, you're not a spokesperson for every single person that uses this term. It's, it's right. you know, it's, it means something to you specifically. And that's, that's what I care. That's what I want to learn about. Liddy. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's a great question, bro. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when I first heard the term big dick energy, it like struck a chord. I was like, oh, I didn't know I identified that way. And somebody <laughs> came up with, with the term for it. You know what I mean, right? You got yeah. that too. Like, big, and you were like, oh, I identify as having that BDE. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the same thing with non-binary. I was like, oh, I could be an NB. It's funny, actually, because like, that's what people in the, in the queer community We'll call it like N-B-E-N-B-Y as though it's one term. And I kept forgetting what that shit meant. And I I think I Googled it like 80 times. I'm like, oh, it's literally just saying N-B out loud. But like the way it looks, it looked like one of those Meyer Briggs results. So I kept Googling it. Oh shit, that's crazy. I don't want to interrupt you. But honestly, so today, like I for real was searching these memes because I was like, oh, it's non-binary awareness day. I I do want to find some memes because maybe it'll give me some like, something funny to say, you know, and I can act like I came up with it myself, but uh, I kept coming across that uh, term NB, but spelled E-N-B-Y, like it's a fucking acronym for like the Myers-Briggs or something. And honestly, until just now, when you were like, no, that's just, they're spelling out phonetically NB. NB. Why why not just put NB? Like, why has it got to be? I don't know. I do not know. It's like shit like that. You got to be on the inside. So there you go. There's your inside scoop, everybody. That's what that means. I, I, I swear I had to Google it myself like a lot of times because I was like, this is not a personality type. Like, yeah. it's not extroverted. <laughs> no big deal. Whatever the other ones would be. But um, but yeah, non-binary is like a term that I just started identifying as more recently. Um, I think, you know, like because I know Colleen, if that's kind of how we got connected. And I think when we crossed paths, I was still very much in my er early phases of my gender journey, so to speak, you know, where I was still probably cool with people call say like I would never have identified myself as a lesbian. I just never I personally don't identify as a lesbian. Like when I hear that word, 
I just picture like a lizard wearing lipstick in a wig. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, I don't identify as a lizard wearing lipstick in a wig. So I, you see it though, right? Like with a purse, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, like, no, because yeah, like lesbian. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, oh, bro, like get away from me with that. So I never really. That, that is an unfairly uh, like unappealing word for what, you know, for what it actually means. This is, there could be a nicer word. It sounds like a villain on Doctor Who or something. <laughs> <laughs> Planet lesbian. Like, I, so, um, yeah. Uh, no so, offense to everyone that's lesbian that's listening that uh, doesn't mind that word. Well, like, see, people <laughs> identify with it. Like, like my wife actually probably more identifies. She's a cis woman, so she identifies as a woman. She's attracted to women, you know, and, and, that, and that is what it is for her. But, like, that was never, that really just never struck a chord with me. And part of it is the gender identity experience. So in order to identify as lesbian, inherently in the term, you have to identify as a woman. Because it, it's in the term, you, you're you a woman who's attracted to women. And I never have, I, I didn't identify as a girl growing up. I didn't, I, I, you know, you hit 18, you're supposed to be a woman. That never really struck a chord with me there. So to, for me to identify as a lesbian, I would have to identify as a woman. Um, and once I heard the term non-binary, because I, my thing with gender is like, people want, like, I, this is my way I always start my set because I think people do really get confused about my gender. And I'm just like, same. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, that, I love I love that bit too. Just leveling with everybody, you know, <laughs> like like I don't get it either. I don't understand it, and I understand that as a as our brains, the way they function, we want to hang our hat on something one or the other. Like we see things in binary because it's easier that way. Because like that's just how we're like wired up there, like neurologically speaking, you know. So I get that people want to know they want to put you in a box when they meet you. So because it's going to determine the way they might interact with you, you know, like if you're a man, if you're a woman and non-binary kind of says like, nah, fuck that. Like my gender is not convenient like that. And I wish it was, (laughs) you know what I mean? I wish it was. So I I don't know, man, this just popped in my head. I feel like I want to circle back to just like a minute ago when we were just talking about uh, envy and you're saying like, you know, it's kind of like the inside scoop. It's like something like you, like you have to be in the know to know why, you know, and yeah, and that, that could happen in all kinds of like cultures. You know, that could be like in hip hop. Like when certain slang comes out, it takes a minute for for all the normies to get it too, or whatever. Right, right. And, but I, I was thinking about it, it. Brought me back to way back when when the Babadook became uh, like uh, a symbol of the LGBTQ community, but through no influence of the filmmakers themselves. And for anybody that's not familiar, the Babadook is a horror film I think made in Australia about like a about a character in a children's book that terrorizes this family and then just out of nowhere uh, the Babadook was like always had a rainbow hat on and was like and the Babadook was like whatever like uh, because the Babadook uh, was kind of like trans like could be anything so the Babadook could be gay or lesbian or bi or trans or like whatever you wanted the Babadook to be that's what it was and that's what what it was is like you just had to be on the inside scoop there was no reason for that it was just the internet the internet just right. took it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Memes, memes meeting other memes, becoming bigger memes. Like, man, I still remember them 46 feral hogs. Like, <laughs> it changes so fast, too. You got to keep up. Yeah, I think that's like a lot of with the language. The language changes really quickly. And, you know, for me, the they, them pronoun was a decision I had to make because I, I was getting really uncomfortable with people saying she, her. And I wasn't entirely sure if I was good with he, him either. And so I was like, well... I'm a perfect 
um, candidate for this whole they them situation, but I'm an English teacher. Oh, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, so subject verb agreement. I had a hard time with. I was like, I can't, I can't get behind. And now I'm at a point where it's like, it's not. That's not what it's about. It's about you know, identify the way I identify myself and like wanting to be seen the way I f- feel. You know, it's like if somebody was going up to you and saying and calling you she her, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you'd be like, that's just weird and wrong. And then you feel awkward about correcting them because they're like, do they not see like, yeah, are they not yeah. seeing what I'm seeing? So the they them kind of, I think was it's kind of I, it might be a band aid for me because I might end up going out and once because I'm like trans mask so like I might end up just using he him eventually but that's not where I'm at right now so it is what it is you know yeah it's a journey and so also so is language language is language evolves so right. like you're saying you're an English teacher and that you know you might have had an issue with like uh like what is not exactly proper English or whatever but you know what nothing is proper like every fucking word that's English changes I think I heard an argument recently where someone was trying to say that uh, they were trying to keep some word out. Uh, they, were, they were trying to keep the word finna out of the <laughs> dictionary. And a bunch of these uh, academic kind of asshole types were like, finna is, is a made up word. And to which people replied, every word is a made up word. Todos las palabras es made the fuck up. And I think you just kind of touched on this just just slightly uh, with the transmasculine thing. And I want to have, I have a question about that. Cause I think right now it's, it's getting more like, I want, I don't want to keep overusing this word awareness because of just it's awareness day, but like, cause, of the day, cause what day it is. Cause what day it is. I with, thought it was just Wednesday. <laughs> yo, but I'm stoked as hell that it is the day it is, you know, it's just, yeah. this podcast is a magnet for synchronicity. There's always some kind of coincidence. That's more than a coincidence with this podcast. I love always. that. I love uh, that. What I was going to say is, like, I feel like uh, Elliot Page has become mm. the mainstream example of what trans masculine means recently. But yeah. I also understand that that term could be a million different things to a million different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you could help me get a little bit of a deeper insight into some of the other ways people might identify with a trans masculine experience? That's not that's not just saying like, well, this Elliot Page is now our textbook example. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, we finally got a little bit of representation and and this that's what makes this question so important is that acknowledging that like it's it's in it's in the mainstream now and and so for a lot of people that's enough. Like, oh, everything's good now cuz you got It's the same thing with Ellen um when I was working in Nashville in the, in the south so it was like I was like a lot of the only my students only like experience with like like a gay female, you know? So it was like everybody would compare me to Ellen all the time. And it's like, not everybody's Ellen, first of all, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and then it's the same with Elliot Page. Like, so this, this is just a really good question. I appreciate it. Um, you know, uh, something I just found out from researching for a training I had to give about um, Pride Month. So, you know, <laughs> I have to prepare for those too, because like I said, like, it changes all the time and, and you don't want to misrepresent your own community. Like, that'd be really embarrassing. Um, but the trans with the asterisks on the end, you might've seen the little trans star. And I was like, what does that even mean? So I dug into it and it's basically a way of encapsulating the entire trans experience without having to say, you know, transgender, transsexual, trans, um, trans masculine, trans feminine, like, because there's so many things that you could put on the end of it, um, that would be unique to each person, you know? So I say trans mask because it's a way of letting people know that 
Um, like that I'm trans, but basically I don't identify with the gender I was assigned at birth. Um, you know, I was born and raised a socialized female and it, it never felt right at all. Like from a very young age, you can tell. And if you look in the DSM five, like under, um, trans, I, don't, I think it might be listed as, um, transsexual, which don't just don't, I think if, look, if you're, if you're a straight cis person out there or, or whatever, if you don't know, just say trans leave off the end. Cause it gets yeah, real yeah. sticky with like gender versus sexuality, like, or saying transgender versus transsexual it gets sticky um transvestite is an old word we don't use that throw that one away don't use that one um you know that's like, like that's like uh what the fuck that that's like the rocky horror picture picture show that was like the yeah. last time people said that shit back when oh I, back when tim I, curry I was uh was a young sexy man like <laughs> yeah exactly i've still heard people uh people ask me like oh aren't you a uh transvest i'm like first of all i don't even know the definition of that at this point and second of all no um, no, you know, so I, I say trans masculine to, to represent the fact that like, um, gender norms, you look at, if you look at gender as if it's a spectrum and, and we do for the most part, whether we know it or not, like you got, you got more feminine ways of identifying, exp- expressing yourself, your mannerisms, the way you walk, the way you talk. And then there's obviously on the, it's not like one or the other, but there's more masculine ways that we would identify with how somebody maneuvers through the world and I'm on that end the masculine end so it's helpful I think for people to an extent I think it's right now it takes a lot of explaining so I'm just like I just basically try and tell people I don't care about gender I just don't I don't think about it or relate to it the way many other people do so you know everybody's a human you know just be a human treat I'm a human you're a human you know what I mean so I don't know if that's even really helpful, but that's, that's no, definitely also, I think that that's, that's extremely a helpful tool to, for when you said you put the asterisks at the end of yeah. trans, just to be like, this is a holding place. You know, this, this holds the place in place of the myriad of different qualifiers you could have put at the end of there. You don't need to, you don't need to list those all. It's not, it's not necessary in a lot of situations for you to list every single possibility of what you might be talking about. If, especially if you're trying to, like you said, if you're giving a speech at Pride or something, you're trying to represent, you know, right. a lot it's of people. A great the, people are different. Yeah, uh, it's, it's almost. I mean, this is not the same, but it's like, uh, it's like how we you know now we say Latinx instead of saying yeah. uh, Latino or Latina. You know, because why not just make it one word that we can all get behind, and that's and it works for everyone. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So for like, I just going back to Elliot Page really quick. Um. I think like, and I don't remember, I th- I'm just going to use they, them pronouns because I don't remember um, what their pronouns are. So I'm just going to default to they, them. But, um, you know, with, they're like a perfect example of someone that you see them in movies and stuff. They're acting, they're acting. So like, I could act as a woman. Like I really could, like I could act that way because it's just a matter of your signifiers. It's a matter of your mannerisms, your gestures, the way you talk, the way you walk, like all that, all your gender signifiers. That's not a mat. That's not like that doesn't really have anything to do with how you identify like yourself, you know, how you feel inside. So with Elliot coming out, like the big, the, I think people were just like, you know, that it's going to be hard for some people to stop seeing them the way that they're used to seeing them act which is as a woman, yeah. you know, but that's not, that never was how I'm, how they felt inside. You know what I mean? So it, it never like the outsides don't always match the insides right away. Um, I did want to tie up one loose end there about the DSM five in that, in that book, it says for female 
people that are trans. This this is typical. This is a typical case, and I was perfect textbook example. When it's about three or four, a female body trans person will start questioning, like, what the hell? Like, why, you know, why don't I have certain things I should have, if you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, or like, why? It's like, wait, I'm not, wait, what? So it's about three or four. Then they go through this assimilation phase in their preteens and teenage years where they try to fit in with what a woman or a female would do. It's, it's textbook to do that. Then you come out in your twenties, the same exact thing that happened to me. And I didn't read about this until I was 27. You come out in your, in your early twenties going like, yeah, fuck that. I'm just going to be myself. So then all the people from your childhood are going, you used to be such a girl. What do you mean? And it's like, no, like that was my assimilation phase where I was really truly doing my damnedest to try to fit in. And it just didn't work for me. You know? Um, yeah. So the trajectory is a little bit different for male body people who are born trans. Like it, I don't exactly remember the timeline for that, but it's a little bit different. And I think uh, going back to what you're saying, then I think it ties into when you're saying acting. Uh, and that's why, like, if you you could actually use it as a good ex- uh, not example, but just may- maybe an analogy. When you say that Elliot Page, you know, Elliot Page is who they are now, but mm-hmm. people remember Elliot Page as Juno. And yes, Juno yes, was, a, great, was an imaginary yeah. person. Elliot Page never never was really Juno never really existed in the real world. That was a made up constructed personality. And even myself personally, I uh, had referred to them as Juno instead of even their acting name for a long time, just because that movie had had such a it was such an impactful movie. And it was the biggest role that Elliot Page had ever done until, you know, maybe ever still. So you know how you, you know how sometimes like you call people like uh the name they were like who's that guy that there's that guy that plays thor i always just call him thor i never even call him by his real name you know yeah his name's thor yeah thor <laughs> oh but I, mean, I went i went way off track going over to thor but i went to what i meant to say was to your point that ellie page has finally you know reached the the level where they are now and yeah. you know the juno phase that was a you know that was a transitional phase and it was also an acting phase you know it was a, and that could be uh relevant for someone who's not a professional actor you're still acting that's you know if right. if, it, if it's making your life easier does that make sense 100 percent. now Th- thor was a great example because I, I was like what is that dude's name it's thor right like yeah, it's thor <laughs> <laughs> what else could it be like, he does other shit but i mean like that's my favorite thing it's the funniest thing he did you know, speaking of the Marvel, you know what? I just re- recently was reading about these assholes. There's a group of people that are called uh, Christians Against Loki. And I don't know if, you know, if you're aware of this, but Marvel came out with a Loki uh, spinoff series. And they're pissed because Loki is gender fluid and bi. And so they're like, and also I guess Loki uh, represents a... Uh, a different like religion i guess like competitive religion in, in their mind so they got all kinds of reasons to hate loki, loki. but ultimately it's because they said loki's gender fluid and i don't even know what the fuck that means it's like <laughs> this, yeah. loki's not even real man <laughs> like, right right and and everybody's gender fluid to an extent you can't tell me that after you hang out with a group of girls all day and you don't you don't find yourself like a little bit talking like them you know what i mean like absolutely everybody's a little gender fluid like yeah, you ch- you change your behavior based on the group you're in, no matter no matter how real you are. Or, you know, right, uh, everybody does. If it, I hate people that are like, no, no, I'm always the same. I'm like, all right, then. 
All right, because if because <laughs> go to different cities, go to different cities for one week and see if you don't start pronouncing words different. It's like when I was in Baltimore, all of a sudden I knew what Old Bay was. Does that make me fake? No, it means I learned something new. Like, you know is what I mean? A, is Old Bay is that like a spice? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. See, that's <laughs> like some shit. Yeah, but shit. If I lived in Baltimore, I probably would use Old Bay. I I used to live in DC. I lived I I've driven through Baltimore a few times, but I have seen every episode of the wire. So I do feel like I know Baltimore. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that so funny that that's how, no, you know, a show is good when you feel like I know this place. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I real quick wanted to shout out to all the, all the breweries, local breweries that are now doing craft non-alcoholic IPAs. Like I was obsessed with IPAs and obviously I don't drink anymore. So for, for these places, to be putting out craft non-alcoholic IPAs. I could go, I can still crack one open with the boys. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't have to have any of the consequences. I'm just like, thank you to everybody doing that. I wonder how many, how many years was it that uh, O'Doul's was oh, the corner of the entire market on non-alcoholic beer? It must've been, it must've been a couple decades. I mean, I, I think O'Doul's probably came out in my childhood, I would assume. And it's only up until recently they've had any kind of competition. Yeah. And it's O'Doul's is like the fucking Miller light of beer where it's like, <laughs> okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if someone gives you one, you're not going to be rude and turn it down, but you're like, I really don't like, you'll probably drink like two quarters of it and then forget quote unquote about it. You know, like that's how O'Doul's is like now they got these rocking ass. Like I'm drinking right now, rescue club brewing company. They did this IPA and it's like, it's so tasty. Like you can't, I brought some of these to a party and a dude um, snagged one out the cooler and he didn't even know it was fake. And I felt so proud. I, first of all, I was like, you asshole. But <laughs> second of all, I was like, good. I'm glad you like it. You know, uh, I, I, might, I might try this uh, if, next time I want to go to a party and I don't want to drink when I'm there. I might, I might give that a shot. My, uh, my go-to has always been like, it's like, if I have to go to a party and I, I do not want to drink that night, but I want to have something in my hand because it just, you know, you it just it's comfortable to have a, a beverage, even if you're not getting a buzz. I always like to get uh, bottles of mineral water, you know, but like the biggest, like the biggest ones I can get so that it feels like I'm holding a 40 or like a champagne <laughs> bottle, you know, you know what I mean? So that I can just kind of like carry around a big ass bottle and it's going to last me a while, too. So that's <laughs> <Right. laughs> what's No, I like that. <laughs> and you know, it's it's fizzy and uh, it's got minerals in it. So you're actually getting some, you know some uh some nutritional benefit i'd ask you this too we so i mean i feel like we did just learn a whole lot we covered a lot of ground but what is also which is interesting and this is how i first became aware of you is when colleen shared your comedy with me and what i wanted to ask was uh just some of the subjects and concepts that we just covered Hmm. how do you uh um when you're performing your comedy how do you bring up these concepts and how do you shit did i i must have some notes here you're no, killing it. Just, I don't know. <laughs> how do you how do you use these concepts in your comedy? That's really the question, and I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, how do I make it funny? Yeah, well, like when you said earlier, when you brought up the bit, when you said, "Hey, you might be confused." Uh, me too, or whatever. Yeah, or same. Yeah, 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 same. Um, yeah, like so. I think the first bit I can think of that I really like that pushed me into trying comedy was I don't know if you've heard the dyke explaining bit about um how guys always try to mansplain football to me 
Oh, I love I, the dyke splitting bit. Yeah, very fun. Okay, so I used to play football, and I actually played. I was the only girl in the whole situation, and the the joke came from a point of actual like rage and frustration because somebody, a, a guy in my family close to me that like we're we're homies, like he was really sitting there one time trying to explain football. Like it came from a real, and the thing is that like we're close, but we're not close enough where I could be like, what the fuck? You know, at the time, I think now I could say it, but like, so it was like a really frustrating moment where I didn't feel like he was reading the room or maybe he, I don't know what, you know, it could be a him thing. It could be like, you know, we all know the term mansplaining. It happens. My voice is much lower now to the point where I can no longer explain things to women. That's, that's the, <laughs> it's illegal now. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that joke, that that's not really like a bit, you know, like the premise of that really existed. Um, it really happened. And I and the funny part is. I really did go bowling with him like two weeks after that thing happened and he was terrible at it. So I spent the whole time during bowling explaining to him my strategy for bowling. And I kept talking and talking and he's like, okay, I get it. And that's when I came up with dyke explaining is just mansplaining that goes on for hours. (laughs) (laughs) He clearly understood what I was saying, but I just wouldn't shut the fuck up for some reason. No, that's Um, perfect. It's perfect. And it's well-deserved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah that's what he gets um but yeah a lot of those concepts like the the fear of using the woman's room you know it's even harder now because i'm actually like doing the transitioning stuff and that that has changed my voice and my look a little a little more i always did come off quite masculine and i did get misgendered a lot in nashville when i was still identifying as female like i would have a hard time on our campus we went to lipscomb and i remember a couple times in between classes going to the bathroom and having people tell me I was in the wrong one. And I'm like, bitch, I have my fucking period. I will slap you. Like, <laughs> So that's how that came to be is like, you're or, like that whole bit about I have, a, if you're on your period, you already have a short fuse. Then you have someone come up to you and ask you if you're really female. And you're like, Ooh, you, Ooh, you know, like, it's just like, that's the final straw. Like, yeah. But, yeah. So, so then I started riffing off that and like, it's all from places where you're so mad, but there's nothing you can do. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? Yell at that lady because I look like a dude. Like, I know I look like gas station, Timothy Chalamet. You don't have to tell me, <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Yeah. That's a, also, that's a great bit too. I remember that. Like, I remember like, cause I think I had, uh, uh, texted you about that, that I was like, I was at the food truck or I was the taco truck and they're real slow. The taco truck by my house, like they take forever. So I was like, well, this is a good opportunity to watch uh, Angie's stand up because these guys are going to take, you know, 20 minutes to make this like two tacos. And I was like <laughs> out there just like laughing my ass off. Like, <laughs> and I think that's what I told you. It was like the scene from uh, Cape Fear when uh, uh, Robert De Niro's in the movie theater smoking the cigar, just going like, <laughs> and, like yeah, making everyone in the theater uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, real quick, are you in are you in North Nashville or I'm South in West, Nashville? West Nashville? West Nashville. All right, because there was a taco truck. I used to live off of Nolensville, um, and there was a taco truck on Nolensville that was like I still think about. It's been six years, and I still think about this fucking taco. 
uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the name of it. It was ghetto as hell, but it was the best talk. Like you could just get the best tacos there. I think I think I'm familiar with what you're talking about. The, the, the thing about in Nashville, too, is that Nolansville Road is like that's, uh, you know, that's a very like Mexican community part of town. So you're going to get like the most authentic shit. And like, you know, that's where everyone also who is Mexican is going to be eating at that same. You know, it's not just like they're not hoodwinking, you know, or whatever, you know, like it's yeah. from uh, not, I'm not from I mean, I, I was born in Tucson. And I go there all the time. And in, in my opinion, like uh, the Mexican food, there is a little bit better than the Mexican food here. But that's just a taste preference. Well, that makes sense to me. This shit's closer to the border, you know, shit. <laughs> It was just, uh, but it's, it's the same thing that you were saying is that there's a, there's a taco truck in Tucson that I haven't eaten at in a decade. And I occasionally will think about, I'll think about like, God damn, I wish I had one of those fucking tacos because they're so good. I mean, like you just, it's one of those bizarre things. Taco trucks are a bizarre phenomenon where they're like, they seem like they should suck, but they become things that like get etched into your memory as some of the most delicious food you can get. And you move to another city and you can't find another taco truck like it. <laughs> yeah, no, nope, I have it. Well, I'm from Springfield and I'm up by Springfield and everybody here is Puerto Rican. So we have some like the rice and beans and everything's really good. The pinchos are really good. The empanadillas are really good. But there's no there's no Mexican type tacos like they really it's more about the yellow rice and beans and like the pulled pork. And and so I'll never get I'm never going to get that experience again. I got to I mean, I'm sure there's somebody up here on the East Coast that has something similar, but. Yeah, man, it's crazy because you have my mouth watering just thinking about the cilantro <laughs> and the lime and like the type, the way they, I don't know if, if you haven't been to that place on Noseville, I don't know if it still exists, but man, 10 out of 10 for me. I'll have to go to Tucson someday, see how oh, it really is. Yo, if you go to Tucson, you got to go to the spot. It's called uh, Nico's. It's not exactly a taco truck, but it's like a shack and it's on right. Speedway. Uh, I can't think of the cross street, but honestly, you just look up Nico's. It's out of this blow your fucking mind also anyone anyone listening to this i know actually i have a ton of listeners in arizona you probably know what i'm talking about if you're in tucson but if you live in phoenix and you haven't been over to tucson for this taco just go over there hit up nico's it'll change your life you'll end up being like me and be missing it for (laughs) for years oh my god anyone anyone that visits you gotta write in you gotta let us know if nico's is still there if they're still doing good work oh there's no they'll, they'll never they used to be uh our neighbors when we were uh when i was a kid but then their tacos blew the fuck up because they're a chain now so there's like i think there's like three or four nico's now there used to be only one at the end of our street and now they got like a bunch because they're just they're the best in town i'm sure there's a bunch of people like in in tucson right now being like yeah you shut the fuck up dude there's better stuff than nico's <laughs> right right they're like oh you mean the knockoff pollos hermanos <laughs> hold up it's time for a special announcement And unlike every other special announcement I've made on this podcast, this one is not make-believe. And as a matter of fact, it is actually real. So if you were thinking that I'm announcing the My Views Are My Own podcast cross-country bicycle tour, then you are correct. I'm going to be riding my bicycle from Nashville to New Orleans and then from New Orleans to Los Angeles. I'll be accompanied by special co-host Zach Wilkinson as we sleep in ditches on the side of the road explore big cities and desolate wastelands, and interview as many strange and interesting people as we can along the way in this four-episode series. And anybody that says any different is nothing but a flim-flam man that needs to go back to the Underground Wrestling League and leave podcast bicycle tours to this podcast. 
If this project sounds cool to you and you'd like to support it, please go to bit.ly slash myviewsbytour. That is B-I-T dot L-Y slash myviewsbytour. And now back to the interview. Yo, I'm going to take a, I want to shift gears a little bit, to, uh, but this is more like kind of like what we're just talking about, like traveling and food. Uh, and I was going to say, like, as a person that has lived in both Nashville and Boston, I have to ask you uh, a comparative question to see how these two cities shake out against each other. And this first question is not a food one. This is just a pop quiz question. All right, wait, I, just want, I, I gotta correct you real quick because yeah. I don't actually live in Boston. I've never lived in Boston. I live in Western Mass. So I'll answer these on behalf of Northampton, Massachusetts, which is the queer capital of the East Coast. So uh, for Northampton, I got you. We'll do it. We'll do it. Fair enough. Honestly, this is not exactly a Nashville versus Boston. This is actually a Tennessee versus Massachusetts question. So actually, you still can it. fully. Yeah. Uh, to, this is like I said, it's a pop quiz. There's no reason you should know the answer to this, but I feel like, you know. You're a worldly person. You're a smart person. You might be able to make a pretty solid guess. Uh, yeah, the thing I for me it. was I I made a guess, and actually it was bizarrely close. It's a ratio question. Uh, so you might be familiar with this from uh, being a teacher for so long. Can you? And I, I know you teach English, not math, but still. Uh, <laughs> can you guess the ratio of January six capital rioters that have been arrested and or charged that are from either Tennessee or Massachusetts? So ratio. Massachusetts, Massachusetts to Tennessee. And this is only, uh, we're only measuring have been arrested or charged with a crime, not just people that were there. So, okay. and if you would like, actually, this one, this won't help you. It's really just a, a guess on this is, this is a fraction. I, I'm going to say two to one Massachusetts to Tennessee. Wow. I hate to tell you this, but actually, Tennessee is, uh, Massachusetts is has one third as many arrested insurrectionists as Tennessee. Okay, so three to one Tennessee. Okay, okay. I just know. I don't know if it's just because of the local news. It was local to me, but I remember reading all sorts of stories about all the Massachusetts mamas boys that were down there talking about Southie and everything. Like so, <laughs> I, you know, like Southpaw or whatever the fuck, like fake ass bitches. Like I, so I just I must have just read a lot more articles about. The and and ben, and I was shocked. I was like, okay, I see how it is. Like, wow, you know, right in our own midst. Like, it's it's funny because I think it was, this is what I was telling you before we started recording. But uh, doing this research just to ask you that one question, which is really just kind of a throwaway bit question, uh, inspired a full bonus episode, possibly multiple bonus episodes, <laughs> uh, because we found the, the the article in USA Today with all five hundred and seventy. Uh, insurrectionists that have been uh, charged with a crime that's got like the, all like, these like really really funny like uh, bachelorette style like this is this person they're into this this is their nickname oh uh, overwhelming the I will, I will say this overwhelmingly uh, the insurrectionists are from Florida and California that's okay. where you get in which I thought was bizarre because like I mean maybe not but if I lived in Florida or California I would be at the beach. I wouldn't be like, hey, let's go up to freezing ass like, <laughs> Washington, D.C. and in get maced by cops and I would go to fucking jail. Oh, my God. I, I see. California shocks me a little bit. Uh, Florida, not as much. I mean, you know, um, but that's like a long way to travel just to get arrested or or not, you know, depending. But well, I uh, can't. Um, one of those guys. Uh, so he was a, he's a he was a, a Florida resident. 
but actually he was called the zip tie guy. I don't know if you recall the zip tie guy, but he was the one that I think he like rappelled into the chamber with like a, like with, I don't know, like 50 zip ties on his belt. Uh, he ended up, he was like a bartender here in Nashville at Kid Rock's Honky Tonk. And he got, he got, he snitched himself out basically because he had a Facebook account still up wearing his, uh, his Capitol riot outfit and shit. And then I guess he fled. I don't know how that all shook out, but I remember everybody, I remember there's being like this kind of like brief blaze on social media of people being like, yo, I know who that dude is. I know where he works. He works at Kid Rock's Hockey Talk. Get him, get him, get him. <laughs> Kid Rock's Hockey Of course he does. That's so funny. <laughs> that could not be funnier. It's, um, does the FUBAR still exist? Uh, is that is an East Nashville thing? East Nashville, yeah. I cannot confirm nor deny the existence of FUBAR because I haven't been to East Nashville I've been to East Nashville once since the pandemic started, and I was only there briefly riding my bike through that part of town. It didn't stop. Uh, okay. A lot of lot of independent businesses uh, got tanked. That sucks. Yeah, so there would be, I mean, you would be, you would be just blown away by how many businesses just got killed during that pandemic. So uh, that makes me so sad. And in particular, I mean, like, yeah, bars like of that nature would not have made it if, if right. it had still been around. Hey, but um, let's t- let's talk about a a restaurant that we know is going nowhere, and I want to have your opinion on this. is This is a, this is a Massachusetts question. Uh, which is better, Wahlburgers or McDonald's? Okay, uh, they just built their first Wahlburger. So I'm from Springfield, like I said, which is like it's like the part of the state that Massachusetts wishes that it could just ignore like it, it like wishes it wasn't like it was like we would be okay without Springfield and Holyoke um I think it's that's very race phrases to be honest but, but like um we just got our first Wahlburgers and I did not try it yet so I gotta I gotta take the mystery over the guarantee of the McDonald's burger which I find repulsive so I'll take <laughs> I was just curious if like how good can a wall burger be? But who fucking I mean I just I'm drafting for upside here, but like I'm going I'm going Devonta Smith on this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm drafting for upside. I uh, <laughs> I'll take wall burgers. I've only watched one that, that show like in briefly once because it was like it was on a television. I can't recall where I was, but I turned and I looked and post Malone was on wall burgers, and it was such a funny <laughs> scene. So I turned it out. I was like, I want to watch, I want to see what this conversation is. So Mark Wahlberg walks over to the booth that Post Malone is in and then puts his hand on the on the like in a very aggressive way, puts his hand on the back of the booth and then puts his foot up on the side of the booth like and man spreads like, you know, right in front of Post Malone, who's eating. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? You like these burgers? Are you enjoying my burgers? And Post Malone is hilarious in this situation because his face is covered in like grease and condiments. You know, he's He's a dirty looking dude, oh you know, he, yeah, he eats he really like a is. toddler. And so he doesn't even bother to make eye contact or even look at Mark Wahlberg. He's just shoveling these like like, <laughs> like sloppy hamburgers into his face, just kind of like nodding. And like, he's got like, I think he had a bib. The whole thing was great, man. <laughs> wow. That is, but, that would make me so uncomfortable. But at, then again, if it's a celebrity, you're probably just like, cool, you know, yeah. but if you're Post Malone. It's weird that that celebrity on celebrity situation, because like Post Malone clearly is not going to be like starstruck by fucking Mark Wahlberg. 
I don't Maybe, think. though, because, you know, what I think of is, and I watch a lot of football, like, these new dudes playing against Tom Brady, they're, like, starstruck, you know, like, because it's, like, that's the dude they grew up watching, and now they're, like, you know, like, they, they all want to just, like, hit him harder because he's the GOAT, but, like, it's still cool to see. It's, like, you're already, you've already made it, but there's always somebody who's, like, you know, made it before you or has made it, like, further than you, and, like, yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah, no, you're right. Also, and, and they're in different uh, different fields of entertainment. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, this is, this, is, this is definitely not the me uh, simping for fucking Mark Wahlberg hour, which is. <laughs> no, I didn't think that at all. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. Like, the, but, uh, but, you know, Post Malone, if you are listening, man, that was hilarious how you handled that situation. <laughs> Shout out. Okay. Uh, here is the goodwill hunting question, which you, I think you knew had to, had to be coming if we're going to be talking about Massachusetts. Let's go. Yeah. Would you be willing to help me write a sequel to goodwill hunting called Aces, where they find out the number of people that could have been academic prodigies that are currently locked up in the Massachusetts prison system outnumbers the entire student body of Harvard? Huh. I sure fucking would. Let me tell you why. My dad's been in Massachusetts State Penitentiary since like forever. Oh, wow. And, uh, they call it, he's the smartest guy in there. It's a, he was a, a defense attorney and a teacher, vice president of teachers union. And he got, he's, uh, he's now, he's had a million dollar bail multiple times. Holy so shit. I bet he could tell us, I bet he's top of the fucking intelligence food chain. We could just make a movie about his ass. I, I love it. I love it. Like we should, I was just going to call it aces as, uh, in, like, and you're like, I'm sure you're fully aware, like, cause you work in schools, but, uh, what's it? Uh, adverse childhood experiences. And uh, that would be like, cause that was like the whole deal with goodwill hunting is that he, he was smarter than all those. Like he, like, he was like, would have been the smartest kid in Harvard, but because his childhood was so adverse, he right. ended up like, I feel like that movie has got a lot of like weird classist shit that I don't agree with. Like we're supposed to be surprised that a poor person can be smart. Like, <laughs> that's, like that's the premise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? You can sweep and do math? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. This janitor knows math? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like that about the film, but I don't think that's what, I don't think that was their intention. This janitor's eating an apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. When you can't get it out without laughing, that's a good one. <laughs> that's the all right that's the hardest anyone has ever made me laugh on this podcast i've i've, I've been made to laugh but no one has ever made me laugh all the time the way hard. he puts it up on the glass like so aggressive like how do you like that it's like bro we get it you're fucking cute and you're smart like okay <laughs> He's like, he's like, how do you like them apples? I'm really hot. Right. My daddy issues make women love me. <laughs> this is a oh. bit I've never done that I want to do. Uh, uh, I don't even know if this is good. It's uh, how do you know if a girl has daddy issues or not? Start by asking if she's my sister. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It's, oh uh, my it's, god! It's not a banger. It's not a banger. I just want to. I I just want to file away. What this janitor is eating an apple <laughs> somewhere for some use at some point. That could be the title of the movie, man. We could get rid of Aces and just call it What This Janitor's Eating an Apple. Instead of what's eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what? Spiders eating an apple has won an Oscar. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> moving moving forward to some more educational topics. I've heard uh, that you're a very talented educational rapper. I've heard it from trusted sources, uh, and it's kind of interesting because we've been talking about Hamilton on this podcast a lot lately, which is bizarre because that's that play came out like in 2015, and we just did a review of it. Plus, it came up in some other episodes, and I would consider that an educational rap play. But I've uh, never seen it. I just got to say, oh, you don't you don't have to see it. I was just going to ask you if you could kick me a, a rhyme and teach me something real quick because I've heard you you're, oh, you're dope. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, I got, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've retired as a rapper. I uh, realized, uh, you know, just getting too old. I think you hit a certain age and you kind of have to uh, just, uh, you know, make other music, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see. What can we kick for the, uh, what's, what do you want to learn about? That'll help, that'll help me know what to make uh, the bars. About. Shit, man. I want to learn about nutritious fruits that I can eat that'll help me stop being a janitor. Oh my god, that's so all right, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's right. Drop a squeaky beat, fucking door hinge. You know it's the morning. I be eating an orange. <laughs> Get your brain right. Eat that smart food, not the popcorn, bro. We in good moods. We got grapes, just like Gilbert. I don't know this rap. It fucking real hurt because it's stupid. <laughs> so fucking dumb, bro. I need a banana and some gum, bro. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Oh my god. Hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. <laughs> you got to be for me. Oh, it's dip. Oh, dip. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. <laughs> ye- ye- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I got that app on my phone. I was like struggling to get it in time. You got to uh, get one of these. Look at this shit. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, I bought this with my work money shit. <laughs> um, shit, speaking of doing work, what is the best experience you've ever had doing stand-up? And I know that's a tough question. So, like, feel free to answer that any way you want. It doesn't, I mean, like, I know you got a million different experiences that, you know, but, like, do you have anything that just kind of stands out in your mind where you're like, oh, this is, uh, a great venue, great crowd, great experience, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Um, the friends we make along the way. Uh, I'll accept see. that as an answer. That's I mean, because <laughs> that's that's a low key. You know, one of the greatest things is like it's built my confidence. You know, I pretty much like I'll have people come up and ask how can they get started, and I love that. You know, because it's like everybody starts from somewhere. You know, and like or um people that i hosted their first open mic when they go to book a feature and they book me and then they introduce me like this is the person who got me into comedy because they host you know because like I, I said like keep coming back or whatever when they were done like that kind of stuff like it's the little things that like i love hosting i love hosting more than headlining because i love getting to talk to people and i like it's a teacher in me. I like to control the room a little bit. You know, if somebody comes up and they bomb um, or they say some real edge lord, you know, racist, sexist shit. I like that. I get that. I'm the one that goes up in between, yeah. you know, and says like, OK, broski, you know, but it's about it's usually I just roast what they're wearing because it's all the edge lords will wear like patent leather shoes and like <laughs> a pink polo with like 
some tight ass khakis. Like it's like they always look so bad, and then yeah. and then they say like the dumbest shit. So it's like, how are you gonna wear that outfit and make that joke? You know, so so they I kind of they all they all want to be Bill Burr, but they're not funny. Exactly, <laughs> and they don't even have wives. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't make a joke about hitting a woman if you're not even married. Like. <laughs> You gotta at least get married first. Come on. Hey, let me tell you about my wife, my future wife. You're <laughs> such a bitch. <laughs> the old ball chain. Exactly. That was a really good impression. You got a pink polo laying around or anything? Uh, you know, I don't. I think I only have one. I have a black polo shirt. It's for funerals and oh, other. Wow. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I wear suits to funerals. Hey, you go to a funeral looking like the IT guy? Uh, no, I mean, before I... See, I've I've gone through a lot of my life without owning a suit. And I did used to go to funerals wearing... Uh, funerals and weddings, wearing my black polo. Like, that's kind of like how I would rock. And I used to be kind of swole. I used to lift weights a lot. And people off... Like, I have been mistaken for security at weddings <laughs> multiple times because of the way I... Because I would wear sunglasses black polo tucked into black pants and like and was i uh, used to be a little bit buff and people would just be like oh they have security at this wedding that's pretty <laughs> fancy <laughs> yeah that i feel like that would work to get some numbers you know what i mean like oh yeah he's <laughs> a mysterious security guard <laughs> like, like oh yeah that's that's actually my cousin like <laughs> my, my uh my friend took me on a tour with him once he's he's a musician and uh I, I, I like in order to get me a free hotel room and be able to like to pay my expenses because at the time I was just you know I was just grinding my life away working in a bar downtown Nashville and I was like God I need a vacation he's like he's like dude I'll just say you're my personal security and bring you and so we got to the like you know he got me the hotel room we you know covered my expenses I was there for free and then I was at the show and you know we, we had to tell the bouncers there that I was his security and then they were like okay well that's cool like. You just don't interfere with us. And I was like, sure, won't won't do that at all. And then it proceeded to go to the bar where he had an open tab and he didn't drink. And I went to the bar and proceeded to get like visibly like way, way more drunk than a security, like a, that a, than a bodyguard would ever be allowed to do. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, awesome. but it was like no one felt comfortable like addressing it, what I was doing. And so we just got out of it scot-free, whole free vacation to Florida. It was nice. That's awesome. You're like, I'm security. What are you going to do? Kick me out? Yeah. Um, yeah. Ange, I got to tell you something. Yeah. It's time for the lightning round. Oh, shit. Okay. I got to tell you how the lightning round works. This is where I ask you a series of questions. Super fast. You don't have time to think. It's not, it's not, a, it's not an intellectual exercise. It is all gut reaction. So the first thing you think, that's the answer. Are you ready to play? Yeah, let's go ski. All right. In your experience living in Baltimore, uh, were the people that live there generally stoked that The Wire is the most well-known thing in pop culture representing their city? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can imagine that people, especially in City Hall, don't like that. <laughs> it's not even that. It's just like, it's like the same thing we were talking about. It's like people, people think they know the city because they've seen the show. And then, yeah. and then it kind of like puts a filter on everything they experience because they're like, oh, just like The Wire. It's like, yeah. Towson, bro. Like, <laughs> I had a, a guest from Detroit a couple episodes ago when we were talking to her, and we're just talking about how much she hates that people think that Eight Mile is the representation of Detroit. Right? <laughs> <'Cause it's>, yeah. 
It's like, okay, that was like one year in 1996 in one trailer park. Like, yeah, supposedly, right. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> All right. Uh, this, this, this question is, I mean, I'd still got reaction, but it is going to require some creativity. So we've already figured out the sequel to Goodwill Hunting. What is the third movie in the Goodwill Hunting trilogy going to be? <laughs> Bad Will Jogging. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a guy who's who for some he doesn't you know what it is he doesn't have legs but he runs anyway you know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> and, and it's also like, like I can't believe he runs anyway and we're like yeah that's the movie <laughs> and, 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 at this, and at this point it's like people expect all janitors to be so smart that like <laughs> he's a janitor and everyone everyone assumes he's really really smart but he's not so like he's going through life like, just just not living up to anyone's expectations yeah <laughs> all right oh, that's, yeah uh moving on to sports uh who are you rooting for in the billionaire space race uh i'm not i'm not violent <laughs> i abstain uh, I, I mean I, god i hate i hate every single one of those fucking guys uh i thought a funny thing would be that if like if they came across alien life forms or if like uh elon musk shot himself into space and then came across the aliens from space jam and then he had to represent um, like the earth in a tournament of basketball. And it was just like a humiliating embarrassment that kept saying cringy shit. I don't know. That'd be a good movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those space jam was, but like, here's the movie that no one talks about. Do you remember Kablam or Kazam? The one with Shaq? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we all talk. I mean, I feel like space jam is like, but like, what about that movie? Like what? <laughs> Like that movie was like the same era. Like, wasn't he a genie? Yeah, he was a genie. Like, that's kind of dope. I think it's just because, like, first of all, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, amazing, you know, incredible in in every way. But like, at that time, I mean, like the way he was outshined by Michael Jordan, like they just weren't in the same strat. You know, they weren't in the same league. Even though, I mean, Shaq could have been. You know, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, his per- I mean, he wasn't as much of a like personality as he is just like big as hell. Yeah. But and also, they, yeah, I, they, I got and also they, they combined the entire Looney Tunes with Michael Jordan, too. I mean, that's like that's star power to kids. And like, I mean, who else who else was in Kazam besides Shaq? Like no one. Right. All right. You're making some really good points. I stand <laughs> right you know, I hope they put Elon Musk's feet on WikiFeet. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that picture of him fucking barefoot in the kitchen all i could think was like oh, oh no no shit's on wiki feet uh <laughs> i guarantee you i guarantee you that's already happened yeah. all right here's, a, here's the next question we're kicking ass at this lightning round <laughs> <clears throat> all right so you know how they turned uh the joker into a long depressing ass movie uh <laughs> what do you think is the next silly movie character that deserves to be turned into a dismal two-hour film oh it's definitely chucky <laughs> <laughs> like, like think about it like a sad doll like sad like chucky and, and he burned my face and like it's like chucky in the therapist's office like and then tiffany divorced me and like oh. so yeah it's a, a chucky film where we sympathize with him we feel sorry for him <laughs> and it, and it's like for the first hour and a half it's just like realizing how difficult his life is and then yeah. at the very end, he goes back to doing Chucky shit and he's like gets a butcher knife 
and stabs a family and and then we're all like and then and then incels across the country all are like into chucky (laughs) (laughs) exactly actually this is so funny because i was talking to my sisters earlier today and i said a lesser man like my mom is the type that like could turn a lesser man into a serial killer like she's like the fucking worst and like i say that with all respect to all moms everywhere i know people this is why i don't do jokes about my mom like because people inherently don't trust someone who doesn't like their mom, you know, like that's like a huge red flag. But then if you yeah. meet my mom, you're like, oh, 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 OK, this is how. OK, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I hope she listens to this. She probably won't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope she does, too. Hi, Angie's mom. Right. Uh, Every listener counts. All right. Here's a question. I don't know. This I might be retiring this question soon because it's it's unless you unless you give a good answer and then because I, this I've asked so many people at the end and it really is. Uh, what do you think is the best midsize car on the market? Midsize? I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Prius, man. Like, like it's ugly. It's it's considered feminine, but like that shit, you could. I literally regularly drive to Philly and back, getting gas one time. I want to tell you something very interesting, and now I'm not going to retire this question. The Prius is the most uh, answered. It's the it's the number one uh, car answered to that question. What? Wait, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get like there's there's uh, two different responses. Uh, one is someone will just earnestly tell me what they think the best mid-sized car is, or people will say something like, "I don't fucking care. I don't give a fuck. I fuck that yeah. question. Fuck you. I hate you. I can't believe I came on this podcast." no no no! i made the last part up okay okay it it definitely goes between people giving me an earnest and honest answer and people saying i don't know i don't like cars i don't care about cars got it okay uh so i guess you heard it here first prius is reigning supreme as the uh most answered car for best mid-sized car on the market it like it doesn't matter bill burke can say whatever he wants about my prius like I'm still only getting gas one time driving a Philly and back. Like, you can't tell me that's not masculine. Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's what a man would do. <laughs> I just want to be like, yeah. I also want to say that we've officially started a, a beef with Bill Burr with this yeah. episode. <laughs> just what I always needed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and the most important. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Coincidentally, Philly fucking hates him. That's that's they. Oh, I, uh, I uh, had heard about. He didn't have a, like a complete mental meltdown in <laughs> yeah. Philadelphia, where he like completely just trashed the entire audience for like twenty minutes straight. Yeah, <laughs> they, he was not doing good, so he just which which not not that anyone here needs to hear it, but if you're bombing the last thing you do is yell at the audience about it. Like even a heckler, if you're getting heckled, you can't be mean to the heckler, like to the point where like, you can't be rude. You can be mean, but you can't be rude. Cause you don't want people in the audience to distrust you. Like you still need them to laugh in a minute, you know, like yeah. you can't be like, fuck you. And like, you have to be like, kind of work with them, you know, but you can, you can single out one heckler and be like, all right, you're getting the wrath. I'm going to just, use you as the butt of every joke for as long as you know because because they like because they singled themselves out but yeah you can't attack the the city of philadelphia (laughs) the entire city this fucking guy exactly like oh man i don't know but i guess he you know he got bold because he because he's big he's big money he's big money i mean 
I yeah, mean, they haven't paid me as bigger. much as they pay him, so shit. I mean, what, Dave Chappelle? That's, I mean, but being yeah. in, in the league with Dave Chappelle has got to put you in a situation in your mind where you're like, how dare this city not, you know, respect my... <laughs> that's that's what I think happened is like he got too he got too cocky and and forgot that Philly is still Philly and Philly is what made Kevin Hart who Kevin Hart is you know like he he was like 17 18 coming up in Philly comedy clubs and that's you can tell like he's gonna let anything roll off his back it's because he probably literally had to yeah you know? all right I gotta ask you the most important question of okay, this entire okay. podcast and that is how can people find you like how can they uh, check out your comedy, everything. Just uh, let people know where you're at and how to get, uh, like, how to check you out. Uh, before I answer, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And this is lit. And I think it's really cool that you do this and pull up, you know, artists from, of all different um, mediums and, and popularity. It's just really fucking cool. And I just, so big ups to you for that. And um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And um, you can find me. I'm on uh, Instagram at Bucks Wild on Twitter. My Twitter's my Twitter's been doing numbers, which is nice, but I could always, you know, I love the support. I love people giving me feedback too, you know, questions, comments, and stuff. I'm on YouTube. You can watch some of my stuff on YouTube. Um, just search Angie Buxton, A N G B U X T O N. And um, and yeah, I'm uh, you know, I'm always open to chat too. If anybody just wants to talk, has questions specifically about trans stuff, you know, like we'll we'll throw down, we'll just we'll just gab it up, you know. Hard part is getting me to shut up. That's the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, homie. Take care. You too. Peace. Thanks. Thanks for listening to My Views Are My Own. If you'd like to contact me, go to myviewsaremyown.com or on Instagram at myviewsaremyown underscore podcast or on Twitter at myviews underscore podcast. Thanks again.